This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. If you want to stay in the know about everything that's happening in Portsmouth, from news to culture to food, of course sport and Pompey, take out an online subscription with the Portsmouth News website today at Portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Not only do you get unlimited online access to award-winning reporting, but with fewer ads and free access to our digital edition and mobile app, you get all the Portsmouth you need. Our trial offer starts at just £1 a month for the first three months. Hello and welcome to Pompey Talk, the news podcast. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Chief Sports Writer Neil Allen and the Head of Sport Mark McMahon to bring you bang up to speed with the latest from Fratton Park. On this week's show, The Pits. Why Brett Pittman will never be involved for Pompey with the former skipper firmly in the cold under Kenny Jacket. And The Curse of Barry Harris. How Pompey's massively popular stalwart led the news up the garden path as he misses his second home game in over half a century. And look who's underrated. We discuss former news columnist Richard Hughes and ask, is he the king of Pompey players who don't get the credit they deserve? We're now available on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. So give us a listen, like and subscribe to get each edition delivered to your device and keep your finger firmly on the PO4 Pulse at portsmouth.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Pompey Talk. My name is Mark McMahon and joining me today, we've got Neil Allen. Say hello, Neil. Hello. Hello. I've just, I've just, I've just had some very good news. Oh, Go on. My, 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 my son's football team are back in action next Wednesday. Hooray! 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 <laughs> no, it's on iFollow. It's on behind closed doors. <laughs> we'll all be how much do they charge? How much do they charge you for the cutout fans to watch them? <laughs> We're going to see if David Luiz wants to play. <laughs> would he get on for your son's team, though? Yeah, he'd get on, but he wouldn't last very long, would he? No. <laughs> so there you have it. Some yeah, breaking yeah. news there. Breaking yeah. news that allowed that prevented me to saying hello to Jordan Cross. Hello, Jordan Cross. <laughs> Hello, hello. This podcast is about as chaotic as it is in the McMahon household at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I've managed to get the dog out for a walk. The wife's now out, left the building too, so hopefully the bin men will probably turn around at some point and knock on the door, so let's crack on though, before all these interruptions gather pace. Odds on that Mark cuts out at some point through this podcast with Wi-Fi rows, but we're perseverance, aren't we? Well, that's so this, is, yeah. this is real life. This is raw. We're not slick. This is raw, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Chaos. You don't, know what could, you don't know what could happen. My cat could walk into the room. You don't know, do you? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, talking about chaos. There is no chaos, really. It's all, it's all been sorted out. The, the Premier League, <laughs> or the, the, the League One, we know what we're doing. We're talking about football once and for all. Um, Oxford's on the agenda. And Pompey have even released three players now. Matt Casey, yeah. Adam May, and Brett... Well, I was going to say Brett Pittman there. Oh, I was going to say Brett Pittman there. 
<laughs> Luke McGee, you mean? <laughs> yeah, Luke McGee. We'll talk about Pittman in a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Pittman's lasted a little bit longer. Yeah, but signs of normality. This is the type of news you'd expect at this time of year, albeit a couple of weeks later. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, the, the, the talking points this week have been Pittman. Obviously, we've uh, plenty of chat about that and, and that those have been released and uh, yeah we're, we're talking football aren't we we're looking, we're looking to, towards football and that's what the debates are at the moment isn't it about whether they should release the McGee and whether they should have released um, Adam May and about Matt Casey despite many people not seeing him believing some sort of world beater is as good as, as Matt Clark you know that, that's, that's, that's social media isn't it that's football and we're back to that stage, aren't we? Which is which we talked about last week. It's great to be back to this position, isn't it? Any surprises amongst those players that they've released, Jordy? Uh no, not really. Is there? I've, um, I feel for Adam May. Um, love, lovely lad um, around the place. Um, but the way it's panned out for him, I think it might be just us talking as a sports desk about him recently and how, at one stage, maybe you know. Three years ago, maybe maybe about two or three years ago, he was ahead of the likes of Ben Close and the like, and, and that seems like such a long time ago now. And, mm. and unfortunately for Adam, he's just not kicked on in, in the way that the younger teammates around him have have done. And um, he had a reasonable loan spell at Sutton, and he got out and got some exposure him and it, with the cup run in Arsenal, and looked like he was ready to. That was a good loan spell, but it just after that didn't work out for him. And, Again, Swindon looked like it was set up for him to have a good season when, when the deal was done. Everyone was saying, oh, good club, good, you know, go out there and get some games. And they, obviously, Swindon had the season they had, but they quickly, you know, was, was obviously decided that he wasn't up to, up to the requisite standard there. So, tough for Pompey. Maybe there was a kind of slight olive branch with all the chaos that's, that's gone on and whether, you know, Pompey might have needed some cheaper players around next season, but obviously not the case. So, inevitable for him. Certainly was the same for for Luke McGee um, and, and, and Matt Casey. Yeah, OK, might have been worth having uh, another development loan somewhere. But really, for the lads, they need to get out and play football and, and try and try and earn a career, really, now, don't they? And um, it didn't look like that was going to be the place, uh, Pompey was going to be the place for that to happen. Yeah, so Adam they... May, well, that, in, in, in Jackets first season at Pompey, Adam May started 10 league games. Uh, so... He had 18 appearances in all, so he was very involved that first season. Um, mm. But then Pompey were short of central midfielders, weren't they, with Danny Rowan's injuries? So the opportunity was there. Since then, he's brought in Naylor. Uh, ben Thompson was here for a bit, wasn't he? Uh, ben Close has developed, and he's just fallen well away from it, hasn't he? And um, it's a shame because he's, he's, got, he's definitely got ability, Adam May, definitely. And I know he has some critics, but uh, his range of passing is outstanding. Yeah. And um, uh, and anyone there for the trade game against Arsenal last season at Fratton Park, he stole the show. What a wonderful performance that was. But he's, he's generally not done enough and um, uh, he just needs to go and rebuild his career through regular football to aid his development, which he's, he's never had really. Jordy, is this indicative of the situation we're in now where Kenny Jacket and other managers, for that matter, are going to have to be very careful on their squad size? Every penny counts now in terms of wages. Is is that a made just unfortunate that, in maybe different circumstances, they made have decided to keep him on just as a player to have around the squad? Yeah, 
Yeah, no, it's, good. it's a good point because um, of the squad numbers, of course, as well, that with the, uh, the, like, the onset of the, of the wage cap for next season, it's certainly in League One, League Two, um, if, if Pompey are to remain at that level. Um, I mean, this is something that hasn't really been picked up on too much in, in, in the wider fan base, but a two and a half million pound wage gap and, and the squad limit of 20 players being mooted, every, every player is going to count. So um, you could have looked at it two ways. You could have looked at it that, uh, you know, with a, a budget to be cut down on would they have gone with cheaper players. Um, but I think Pompey, um, you know, as, as bad as the situation is in football at the moment, Pompey are one of the less worse off clubs because of how slickly organised and sustainable the club is. Um, may not be the case elsewhere. And that offers actually probably Adam May and the likes of Matt Casey some hope that they might be able to go out and get a league club because obviously the budgets are going to be decimated and um, you know, they're not going to cost the earth compared, compared to some players. Perhaps a slight olive branch because for perhaps Matt Casey left so, but Adam May would, would harbour hopes perhaps of you know, league football stroke national league. So maybe this could just work out a little bit in his favour. I certainly hope so, because he's a, he's a lovely lad and he may still mm. kick, kick on as well. I mean, physically, he may, he may even... He's quite a large lad. He's quite kind of sort of not physically built in stature. Maybe there's a bit more filling out for him still to do and that, that may, may aid his progress as well. Well, Jordan, you've been all over the, the weights cap issue for us. Um, basically, is it set in stone? And if it is coming in the next season... Surely, Pompey aren't going to be expected to have the same um, weed ceiling as the likes of Actington or, or Gillingham, those types of clubs. What ways are working Remain- out? Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It remains to be ironed out, that, that, that whole debate. Uh, but it's been uh, mooted at, um, at recent meetings. And I'm sure I've planned to catch up a bit on the... It'll have been on the agenda at, at the AGM. Um, basically, with, with EFL clubs having a £200 million total whole, you know, potentially in their budgets is going to be cataclysmic and there's going to be some massive changes needed in the game. So this this has been mooted as an idea that would come in next season as early as that with uh, clubs having a, a year's grace to get their house in order effectively. Um, the figures mooted again, two and a half million pounds for, for League One clubs. I think it's uh, one and a quarter for, for League Two for their entire budget. So just have a, you know, without getting too you know stuck into the details, you're looking at Pompey, perhaps Pompey half in there, their, their budget um, conceivably, you know, around that sort of sort of level. So seismic change for the game, and a lot to be ironed out. Both in obviously teams dropping down from the championship because of you know the stratospheric sort of budgets at that level and how they how that would work into them coming into into League One, and also as Mark Catton's quite rightly highlighted the fact that. Um, if you had a, an across-the-board wage cap, you can have a situation where, say, Appington, who get a thousand supporters, are working to the same budget as as a uh, Sunderland or Portsmouth, who get twenty strike 30, 30 40 thousand fans. It, it seems odd. Mark Catton's argument should be it should be indexed to to turnover, um, which you you can see there's a certainly a case for that, but. Um, yeah, things to be ironed out, but this is where we are now. And, and you know, people, people perhaps need to wake up. This is coming, and um, big, big decisions are needed because they're getting the games in crisis off the back of the coronavirus crisis. 
Neil, a tough one for you here. Do you reckon Brett Pittman's wages will have come into Kenny Jackett's thinking in terms of his retain list, or is there more to that than meets the eye? <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> 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 I'll let Neil answer that one. <laughs> as, as I wrote in the week, uh, their relationship uh, ended a while ago, didn't it? Really, uh, they've uh, yeah, they've had a they've had a big falling out. Uh, they've probably had many fallings out, haven't they? Really, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, beyond repair their relationship. Um, but Jacket also sort of exiled him last season as well, didn't he? And brought him back, and he had such a an impact, didn't he, Brett? He uh, inspired Pompey for seven or eight, seven or eight wins of the road, didn't he? And Pompey went to uh, won the Secretary Trophy with him as skipper. Uh, so Kenny never sort of rules someone out for long. He he will continue to use them if he can, but um, that's why if there's injuries, perhaps Brett might come back. But the fact is, uh, he won't be staying. Um, his uh, his role in the club has uh, disintegrated considerably since the turn of the year, since the season, really. The club have moved on. And um, and at the moment he's not even training with Pompey, let alone playing their friendlies. So um, it'll be a miracle if he comes back. Perhaps it'll be a great fairy tale if he comes back and gets a winner. But uh, <laughs> I mean, for me, for me, I would have him on the bench because he's still by far the best finisher at the club. Um, but perhaps Kenny Jackett's thinking about dressing room morale, spirit, hmm. togetherness, and he doesn't see a presence for Brett Pittman in there at the moment. That was very diplomatic, Neil. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think it's about Pittman. Forty-one goals he's got in Pompey. It's just you know an incredible return. Only Cooper's got a better return in the last um, twenty-one, twenty-two years. It's a phenomenal record. Um, but um, the, the team's moved on, hasn't it? Really, since that first season, especially in where to play him, his age, his physique. Um, uh, he's no longer got a role as captain as well. And uh, and it's a shame. And um, uh, clearly there are issues there within the club. And as ever, they'll come out in the future, won't they, when players leave and players want to talk about it and manager wants to talk about it. But um, Pompey have moved on. And let's not forget, they won the club record nine games in a row without Brett Pittman's presence. We move on. Jordy, is it, is it fair that some people in the in, in the Brett Pittman camp, and there is quite a few, let's be honest, still get wrapped up in, in that goal scoring record that Neil has, has alluded to, but at the same time too, I don't know how many of those goals, I don't have the figures in front of me, I'd say that the vast majority of those goals came in his first season. Ever since then, his contribution has, has been on a steady decline, is that fair to say? I, I think... It's totally understandable that supporters would take the, the point of view that on what, what they watch and what what they've seen from Brett Pittman that they would like him to be around and he would be an asset to the squad. And certainly on the bench, you'd like him like him to be around to to come off and, and, and make an impact. Yeah, I mean, it's an obvious thing. And, you know, the fans aren't staff. They, they go and watch games and watch what Brett Pittman can do. Now, Neil, Neil diplomatically has absolutely nailed it there because he said he would like Brett on the pitch. But then went on to talk about the fact that perhaps it was viewed as Brett's presence may have been detrimental to the overall atmosphere around the squad. There's been talk in the last months of his, at the club of specific incidents to that nature um, and difficulties. And, and, and that's led to Kenny making the decision that it would be better for Brett not to be around. 
caveat to that is Brett Pittman's kept his own counsel and not really had his say, so he deserves his own say on that. Um, and in when the time's right, I expect he, he will do. Perhaps we need a, another coronavirus crisis and Neil can keep these stories with all these former <laughs> players up and take out the push down the line then, perhaps. You say that as you say, he doesn't do a lot of press anyway, does he? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Very, very quiet captain. A very uh, compared to all the captains we've seen over the years, he's uh, yeah, he's, he's he's a different one. Let's say that's very diplomatic as well. Yeah, I suppose uh, down through the years, if if Pompey ever had a, a poor result or a poor sequence of results, and a player had to be put up for press. It was always the captain that the club made it went, yes, we'll put the captain up. He's the one that will talk to you and, and, and tell you what, yeah, what's gone wrong in a sensible manner. It's fair to say that, that their option has never really arisen. Under, no. So Van Distan used to do it a lot as well in the Premier League years. Yeah. But that's, only be, that's only because Sol Campbell was having a massage and, uh, and in, the, in the end the club didn't want him talking as captain because they were scared what he might say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Sol Campbell was great to talk to actually if you had the patience to wait around for him to finish his massages uh, yeah but, uh, about an hour yeah. wasn't it an hour and a half after. Oh, I, remember, so, I mean you, dark winter oh, nights dear. at Fratton waiting for him to come out but it was good to deal with after games Sol Campbell um, and, and David James sometimes when he was captain he hated giving interviews because he, he didn't like talking after conceding a goal <laughs> so <laughs> you got these different ones, haven't you? Really? Well, you remember the, the Michael Doyle ones? Um, he had to do yeah. some toxic situations, didn't he? Uh, was it uh, Barnet Bar- away? Bar- Barnet away is the one, isn't it? Oh, that was horrible, wasn't it? When he fronted up to the fans and um, and there's some, actually I think it was Joe Pepper got some great images of the fans sort of barracking him and as he kind of went to sort of uh, explain or sort of apologise for the performance, really, and he got he just got a gobful, but. Michael Doyle, brilliant. I mean, he's the epitome of a captain in, in, in recent times. Always fronted up. I, can't, I think he might well have unpressed that night, actually, after Barnet. Yeah. Um, a few yards from where the fans were, actually. And there's times when times of crisis and obviously the, the well-documented punch-up um, in the dressing room where he came out yeah. and wake up and, and sat down and did press at, at the training ground and really good value. And that's a captain for me that... that Tom Naylor does it. Tom Naylor fronts up and uh, he's not, not afraid to give his opinion. Uh, Brett Pittman could give his opinion as well, let's not forget. Uh, but yeah, Tom Naylor is another good captain, really. That, uh, uh, he, the players have incredible respect for Tom Naylor, um, reflected by him getting players player of the year last year. And um, uh, very much liked by everyone in the camp. He's got a calmness about him, uh, the way yeah. he talks. Uh, and also, he will front up the press if need be and give his opinion. And uh, I, I, I think that's a really good fit for captain. Uh, I thought Different he was at the time captain, as well. Different Sorry? type, isn't he? More of a lead by example rather than a rabble rouser yeah. and a, a, a shouter. You get all different types, but I mean, that's yeah. a, a good captain in his own way. I, I, would, I would put him certainly in a different category to, to Brett Pittman, who, in all honesty, he was more of a striker type, wasn't he? Kind of out to himself and. Wanted to sort of, yeah, you know, have that greediness of, of doing well himself, which doesn't kind of quite align with the captain's sort of uh, remit, really. So that was that was, but that was a great one. And, and, and then you got Lee Brown as, as vice captain, who, um, you know, one of the most popular members in the squad, isn't he, really? Lee Brown, 
tremendous yeah. character around the place, always bubbly, always upbeat, um, always got something to say for himself, always a smile. And again, that's a different sort of leadership you've got there as well, which uh, which Kenny Jacket appreciates. And uh, um, he's a very steady character, isn't he, off the pitch as well. And nothing uh, uh, goes through his head, doesn't mope around, does he? And uh, I think that's, that's a good appointment as well. Although, yeah. I'd argue there was no need to replace Gareth Evans. But Gareth Evans, that's another, yeah. That's another debate, isn't it? So. <laughs> that's a, another one for another day, I suppose. Yeah. But, Jordy, in terms of people not being afraid to speak to the, the press, um, one of your old chums falls into that category, um, Barry Harris. And he's revealed, <laughs> he's revealed that um, he's going to miss the Oxford game. That is one of the best segues I've ever seen on Pompey <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> oh, good old Barry. Um, yeah, it's such a shame, isn't it? Um, but... Was it the, the Wimbledon game in 2002? Barry was the uh, was the last game. Actually, the story about this, I'll, I'll, I'll tell I'll tell listeners that the whole shebang about this on the way it unfolded. So um, Barry's been ringing me up, having have a chat, nice guy, just see how it's going on. And we've chat through the coronavirus, and we'll probably speak once once a week. And um, week off last week, we're we're having a, a chat, and he and he, did, he told me that he was you know disappointed because he wouldn't be able able to go to the Oxford game. Um, Barry's had some chest problems and long-standing chest issue um, and some of that's kicked up recently. So, erring on the side of caution, um, it, you know, it makes sense for him to stay away from Barry's perspective and the clubs. No no issue, no angst towards the club about about that at all. But Barry went on to say, and do you know what? I've never, I've never missed a home game. Um, he said, the last, the last time I would, I would have been when I... Um, when I was away in the Merchant Navy in the 60s and I lived in New Zealand for a year, after I came back from that, never missed a home game. Missed a few away games when I was with the youth team and up in London and uh, illness. He kept off. You missed Rochdale last season. And I was like, oh, that's, that's, a, that's a shame, but it's a really good story and, and you know, let people know about you, Lord, and it's, you know, it's probably of interest to readers. So get around to doing the story. Written the intro this week. Get a phone call back from Barry. Oh, oh, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. Um, just, just, just. Re- um, Sue, my wife just reminded me that I missed Wimbledon in two thousand and two at home. <laughs> Barry Harris strikes again. <laughs> so in the end, it was uh, an outstanding attendance record. I think it was. It was the intro, rather than not missing a game in over half a decade or half a century. Sorry. Uh, so yeah. Pretty, pretty Barry, Barry Harris, but still, nonetheless, an outstanding sort of uh, attendance record from Barry, and obviously, uh, it's disappointing that he can't be there, but but understandable, of course, in the in the uh, current ring. I'm just disappointed I won't get to see that hair, haircut in person. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you, do you remember? Do you remember Barry Harris, the pre-season uh, stag do of Paul Cooks in uh, in 2016 in Dublin? And um, uh, uh, one bizarre night, we sat around the table having drinks with uh, Neil Well from the club, Barry Harris, and Michael Doyle. <laughs> Michael Doyle. We sat around having drinks. Uh, was it Rock? What was that? That's how a drink. Pardon? It was um, Rock Shandy, it's called, isn't it? Oh, in yeah. Ireland. Rock Shandy, yes, that's it. Rock yeah. Shandy, it's non alcoholic. So uh, Michael Doyle was drinking that. And uh, yeah, we, we were quizzing Barry big questions over the years and Michael Dill was contributing as well and um, Barry's uh, knowledge of Pompey's history is phenomenal apart from modern day history when it is terrible and 
Yeah, so we, uh, we, we actually bizarrely had an evening where the captain of Portsmouth Football Club and us were quizzing Barry Harris on Pompey history. Uh, so uh, a, one of the strange encounters we had anyway. But, uh, but there you go, Barry's a legend, isn't he? And, and we will miss him at Oxford, definitely, because uh, one of the great sights at Oxford is the, the press box right at the top of the stand. <laughs> you can see the, the big car park behind uh, Frankie and Benny's and co. And the bowling alley and all sorts. And uh, when the ball goes over where the stand isn't, it goes in the car park and there's much hilarity watching Barry scampering around, collecting the balls and throwing them back. So I'm not sure who's going to do it this time round. Maybe Kev the Kitman's lined up to do that. He'll be doing nothing during the game. <laughs> Don't you dare say that to him. <laughs> Don't you dare suggest he does nothing and doesn't work hard. During the game. <laughs> don't, you know, don't go down that. Oh, that's don't me. That's me in for a sucker punch next time I see him. Okay. Don't mess with Kev. Kev works so, very hard. He does. He does indeed. So, Barry Harris isn't going to be there, but we've got news that um, Ross McCrory is likely to feature in the, in the Oxford doubleheader too. So, again, some positive news on the, on the playing front. Yeah, they're all back, aren't they? Um, uh, it's what Kenny Jackett said. The club haven't confirmed it yet, but Kenny said that as well. So they're all back. Uh, Ronnie Curtis is meant to be back in training this week. The only injury they've got is uh, Rico uh, Hackett Fairchild. The two guys that tested positive last week are now back as well. The whole the whole squad have tested negative. So uh, at the moment, it's, it's, it's looking good for Pompey uh, in terms of preparation and uh, having a full squad to choose from for these massive two games coming up. Okay, Jordan, I'm very much aware we're on a Zoom call technically and time is ticking down. So, I'm, last, last from you, I see you've, well, you've had a wee bit of a debate with a fan on Twitter about underrated oh, players. He's not even there, he's gone, he's gone. Is he gone? No way. Gone. Where's he gone? Well, he's gone, he, he's, he's not a, here, his picture's gone. He's obviously got very bored, but all right, Neil. Well, people warned this isn't slick, you know, so. Yes, you've been told. You've been told. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us, by the way. <laughs> well, I was going to ask Jordy. Somebody questioned Jordan's inclusion of Linvoy Primus and his underrated Pompey players. He was initially underrated, wasn't he? he was, yeah. Initially, he was, wasn't he? So uh, I haven't seen that. Who, who's in the who's in the underrated players? Half the midnight again. This is showing that how unprepared we are for this here podcast. I haven't actually had a chance to look through it. I just know Lemoy's name was Richard Hughes. Up. Get, Richard Hughes has to be in there. We, we, we had this discussion yesterday. The amount of games Hughes plays at Pompey and uh, over such a, a long period, but also managers, particularly Harry Redknapp, would bring him in for the big games because he knew he would do a tremendous job in those big games. Uh, to nullify sides and I've spoken to Hughesy about this uh, in a forthcoming book funny enough and uh, (laughs) and he he says that the reason for that is being that if Pompey were playing Bolton obviously Pompey would have more of the ball but if they were playing sides such as Chelsea Man United he could use his skills better where he's trying to close people down put pressure on them retain possession of the ball and that's where he fitted in and that's where Harry Redknapp used him and uh, in the Premier, for the majority of probably stay in the Premier League, they had an excellent record against the um, the top sides, and normally Hughesy was involved in those games, so that's where he came into his own. And I think uh, we look back, we look back on Hughes's time more fondly now than perhaps we did then, and recognise he was a, a really influential player, and uh, definitely for me one of the most underrated I've seen at Pompey. 
Hughesy, what about Just Jordan? Jordan's back. Jordan's back. You're it's a bit Hughesy, Jordan. It's the last time I take the mic out of your Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> I was just questioning. I seen you're a, you had a, an exchange with somebody on Twitter for your inclusion of Linvoy and your underrated poppy players. Yes. I just thought you want you might want to mount the defence of that there inclusion. Oh no, I, I think um, Linvoy is loved by the fans and and one of the uh, players that's just of recent time has proved the doubters wrong, and that that included managers. Um, certainly, no no doubters were very few among, amongst supporters, but. Um, the was constantly written off by managers, Harry Redknapp included, um, and, and, and bounced back to prove them wrong. And uh, that's, that's the, uh, where the underrated angle comes from on that one. Okay. And then Neil was waxing lyrical about your old mate Richard Hughes. Yeah, I wow. think still owes you a meal up in London. You're meant to go to his restaurant or something like that, were you? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Italian restaurant they, they opened up when, uh, knocked on the, when he knocked on the football on the head for a little while didn't they before yeah to make the other things to be interested in so uh, yeah uh, I, I mean he hugely I, I, bet, I, bet, I bet Neil was saying this when I wasn't whenever there was a, a, a tough match or a match <laughs> yeah. to be done income Hughesy and uh, yeah under underrated perhaps but not by his teammates that's for sure um, they 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 always valued him and uh, did you remember uh, there, were two, there were two Hughesy well three Hughesy moments the uh, the Red Arrow headbutt yeah, yeah. There was the uh, the one that sticks out for me was the uh, the quasi foul in the uh, in the demolition derby, and, the, and there was also and there, there was also the um, uh, Wigan away when uh, I think Pompey were two one up at that stage, and he he, he hammered um, who was it the, the Wigan fullback? Um, yeah, oh, the, the, Chimbonda, the right back. Yeah, Chimbonda. Uh, and he and he hammered him and got a booking late on because he saw him charging down the centre and he just thought I've got to bring him down here and uh, and it's 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 a canny knack he had isn't it really and sometimes we are seeing Pompey especially this season where you, when they see the late goals and you're just crying out for somebody to to you know take somebody out and take a booking just to to stop an attack and uh, he was very good at that Hughesy. Do you remember Adam May recently? I think it was uh, Chelsea when they lost late in the uh, JPT, and the, and Kenny was fuming because he didn't take out the, uh, the young Chelsea player and, and you know take take a take a yellow card for the team, and it, and it led to the goal. I mean, Hughesy would never have let that happen. He was the king of taking taking one for the team. I remember, our old photographer Steve Reeves um, used to talk about a, a moment where uh, Ryan Giggs in his pomp breaking at Old Trafford and. And Hughesy leaping like a, a lion on a gazelle and just plundering him, taking him down, and sort of just <laughs> look light ruffle on their head, and the yellow, Liverpool yellow card followed. And uh, I mean, obviously, Hughesy's Italian upbringing came out in his play, didn't he? You're coming through Atalanta in, in, in Italy, and before he moved to Arsenal, and he just uh, "Thou shall not pass" was the was the uh, mantra <laughs> at times, and Hughesy was the king of that. And one of the nicest guys in football, of course, as well. So. Oh, top man, top man. Great call him over the years. That did us, uh, did us so well. But have done us some hits if it was ever on the on the web. It, was <laughs> it got a bit trouble sometimes, though, didn't it? Do you remember the one he did with? Um, he, he spoke to us about Avram Grant. I think it was, it was talking about him going to Chelsea. And the next thing, the Sun had ripped the column off 
think it was our old friend from MMY, James Pearcey, who, 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 who nicked the quotes and stole it. <laughs> yeah. And the next thing you know, it was, a, it was a splash on the back page of the sun. <laughs> so he was, he was well, I think he axed the column for a little while after that one. So, uh, yeah. yeah, he was very out. He was very good value, outspoken when he needed to be, and um, interesting, intelligent football man, um, and aficionado. Despite his way he played, he loved the like, big lover of Barcelona and expansive football, but knows his stuff and obviously yeah, uh, putting it to good use at Bournemouth at the moment. Good stuff. Well, lads, we're finishing on over underrated people. I'll finish with overrated people. Used to get back to work. Stop sitting here talking nonsense and let the rest of us get all my jobs to then. So thank you again for all your, all your work and I'll see you you're, you're the soon. Paul Hart of gaffers, you are. Paul Hart of Paul gaffers. Paul Hart, yes. That means Neil's going to be putting pictures of me on Twitter of one of Thomas the Tank Engines or something like that. So. <laughs> I, won't say the, I won't say the Brett Pittman of Captain. <laughs> Do you know what? I still, I still want to speak to David Nugent about the Paul Hart in, in uh, Portugal, but that's for another day anyway. Another day. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll look forward to that next time around. Again, lads, thank you for your efforts. Um, yeah, get back to work. Thank you. Cheers, thank Gaffer. You, thank you, Mark. Cheers. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for just £1 a month for the first three months for everything you need to know about Portsmouth and more.